It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's what we do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also listen to this podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. Just be sure to press the rate, review, and subscribe button so you never miss a single edition of the show. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter at Julian Council, because tomorrow I'm going to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on the show. To participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag, either at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council. Today's episode of Locked On Panthers is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now you can pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 of promo code locked on. That's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right, going to have a guest on the show for the second day in a row. Talked to Benjamin Albright yesterday. Got a lot of great intel on what's going on with the Carolina Panthers as it pertains to Sean Payton, Steve Wilkes, Shane Steichen, and some of the other candidates out there. And also got a little bit of draft intel as well. I know y'all are always bugging me about, hey, what should the Panthers do with the ninth overall pick? Should they take a tight end in the second round? Hey, man, what do you think about that linebacker at Akron? Should the Panthers take him in the fifth round, or does he make more sense as a UDFA? Y'all, I don't know. It's January 26th. Let's wait until we have a coach, then go through free agency, and then it's going to be like a six-week sprint. But really, for me, it's going to be a crawl, a crab walk, really, to the draft, and then you can ask me all the draft questions you'll want. But right now, the Panthers got to find a coach, get a staff, and then they need to figure out who they're going to keep and what players they want to sign in free agency, And then comes the draft. But happy that Ben gave you all a little nugget on David Tepper apparently being a big fan of C.J. Stroud. And I am a fan as well. I was not convinced. I'll be honest with y'all until that semifinal against Georgia. But then we saw that dude do all the things everyone's been begging and waiting for him to do at the Ohio State University. And damn it, I want that dude on our team if it is possible. So yeah, I'm in on C.J. Stroud. Maybe David Tepper's in on C.J. Stroud. But first off, David Tepper needs to be in on a head coach. Let's give you the latest on the head coaching search before talking to Jeff Duncan of the Times-Picayune and NOLA.com, longtime scribe down there in New Orleans. He's going to give us the latest on Sean Payton, what's going on there. It does not look like Sean Payton is going to get a job. So we'll get the latest there in just a moment here on the show. It's starting off the Carolina Panthers on Tuesday and more so on Wednesday have begun their second round of interviews 
this list of coaches, one of them will be the next head coach here in Carolina. And is it possible that one could be the head coach and the other could be the OC? We will see. Steve Wilkes, Shane Steichen, Frank Reich, Sean Payton, Kellen Moore, Mike Kapka, Jim Caldwell, Edro Evero, and Ken Dorsey. That is your list of names. Okay, Steve Wilkes, interim head coaches, you know, Shane Steichen, OC up in Philadelphia, Frank Reich, former head coach in Indianapolis, was the OC of the Super Bowl winning champion Philadelphia Eagles a couple years ago where they pulled off a miracle where Nick Foles with that big Nick energy went out there and outdueled Tom Brady in the desert. Kellen Moore, OC there in Dallas, Sean Payton, formerly your worst enemy, enemy possibly could be your hero, uh, former head coach, of course, in the New Orleans Saints and personality over at Fox Sports right now, Mike Kafka, OC in the New York Giants, Jim Caldwell, former head coach in Detroit with the Lions and in Indianapolis with the Colts, and Ezra Evero is the defensive coordinator in Denver currently, and then Ken Dorsey is the former quarterback coach here in Carolina under uh, Ron Rivera and work with Mike Shuler, the OC at the point in time. He is currently the OC up in Buffalo with the Bills. Now, as far as second interviews go, they started on Tuesday. We had heard that Kellen, um, Kellen Moore, who is the OC out there in Dallas, that he had interviewed on Tuesday. That was his first interview. Steve Wilkes had his second interview also on Tuesday, as he has always been considered one of the top candidates here in Carolina. It was always going to be a finalist for this job. So it looks like that is the case. Frank Reich, who... Again, former head coach there in Indianapolis, who had a lot of success. The first ever quarterback here in Carolina. His daughter was just hired a week ago to the marketing team here at Carolina. Maybe, maybe that was a ploy to get him here. I'm sure that she's actually qualified for the job and had nothing to do with it. But hey, it's a sweetener, if anything, if it matters or not. But um, that's that's out there. So Frank Reich had his second interview on Wednesday. And Kellen Moore was here on Tuesday for his first interview. Panthers liked him so much, said, hey, you know what? Let's pick you a room at the Ritz or at the Ivy or whatever hotel he decides the nicest one in uptown. Grand Bohemian, the Kempton, don't know. So how about we book you a hotel, you hang around for another day, and go ahead and complete that second interview because we like what we see. You got four years of OC experience. Yeah, things didn't really work out on Sunday, but it's Dak's fault. It's not you, right? So come on, stay here, enjoy the city, walk around, look at possibly your new hometown, and we'll talk to you again on Wednesday. So Wilkes, Reich, and more, those three currently are, I guess, your top candidates just because, well, they've had their second interviews, but they are three guys right now that are on to the next round here in Carolina. Now, Frank Reich, according to multiple people, has emerged as a very strong candidate, and that's coming from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network. He put that out early on Wednesday morning, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com, him and Dan Graziano always put their intel week in and week out really good. Why you should subscribe to ESPN Plus if you want to give that money, I don't know. Uh, Fowler said he was told this week not to sleep on Frank Reich's candidacy, that he interviewed well, which is why he was here for a second time on Wednesday to talk to the Panthers brass. Now, it makes sense. If you go back to the beginning of all this, the thought was that David Tepper was going to get an experienced head coach. So that would mean guys like, Leslie Frazier would be on the list. That Jim Caldwell would be on the list. Frank Reich would be on the list. Um, Dan Quinn, who I'm surprised never interviewed here in Carolina because of his connection to uh, Scott Fitterer. So I got that one wrong. You would think that those guys would be on the list. But also you would think that maybe he would want someone of an offensive background knowing that this team is going to bring in a rookie quarterback. May it be C.J. Stroud. We will see. And that would be the best marriage. He doesn't have to, work, he doesn't have to worry about you know, a young guy and adding an 
veteran, a decent defensive coordinator. He can just have a guy with have experience. And it's also the complete opposite of the dude who he hired a couple years ago, that being Matt Rule, who had next to no NFL experience and had to lean on his mentor, Tom Coughlin, to even fill his coaching staff. And one of those prized coaches was Ben McAdoo, y'all. Your OC, who will not be here next year. Fingers crossed. Also, hey, feel bad for him in a way, but not really. Um, but he won't be here next year, you would think. So, yeah, he wants to go out there, David Tepper, that is, find someone with experience. Now, early on, it didn't really feel that way because he was talking to Shane Steichen and he was talking to Kellen Moore and Mike Kafka and Ken Dorsey and Ben Johnson was the favorite, according to a lot of people out there. There's a lot of momentum for him to potentially be the next coach in Carolina. All of those guys, while having quarterback backgrounds and having played the position, having coached the position and having been able to play calls for at least a, or called plays for at least a season, they made sense, but they didn't have the requisite experience that you would have thought David Tepper would have won, especially when that's what we heard early on. So in a way, I was kind of surprised as that trend was emerging, but also not because that's what a lot of owners do, the unimaginative owners that we have in the NFL that think, all right, let me find another McVay, which doesn't grow on trees. Let me find another Shanahan, which doesn't grow on trees. Well, then we've seen guys like Kevin O'Connell have success his first year in Minnesota with the Vikings, although they were always lying to us throughout the season. You saw Mike McDaniel have success down there in Miami. But still, it went back to finding a veteran coach. And Ian Rappaport put this out there that the early word is that the Panthers are going to focus on experienced coaches, if possible. And Frank Reich and Steve Wilkes both fit the bill. And Kellen Moore also has impressed as well. So two experienced coaches right there. And Kellen Moore, who has four years of experience calling plays. While Shane Steichen has looked dynamite with the Eagles the last two years, he has about a year and a half experience. When you look at same thing with Mike Kafka, his first year. Ken Dorsey, his first year, those got Ben Johnson. It was his first year. They don't have the kind of experience that even Kellen Moore has at a very young age. And of course, they don't have the kind of experience that Frank Reich has having played in this league, having coached for a while in this league as an OC and as a head coach formerly of the Indianapolis Colts. And looking at Frank Reich's resume, if you go through his years as a head coach in Indianapolis, 2018, went 10 and 6. Won their first playoff game, lost in a divisional round to the Kansas City Chiefs, who lost to the eventual Super Bowl champions, the uh, New England Patriots that year in 2019. When Andrew Luck decided to retire in August, I remember that day. It was week zero of the college football season. Miami and Florida were playing each other in Orlando. And right as that game was going on, Andrew Luck's like, Andrew Luck's like oh, yeah, I don't want to play football anymore, which really screwed Frank Reich. They go 7-9 with Jacoby Brissett decide we got to find somebody else because we have a good team good roster let's maximize this 2020 bring it old man philip rivers go 11 and 5 lose a close game in the wild card round at buffalo then rivers retires so it's scramble again okay carson wentz philadelphia hates this man's guts i worked with him before i being frank Reich, let's bring him here it works out for a little bit win a big game on saturday night against new england and then carson Wentz basically soils himself in the final two weeks of the season, in particular week 18 on the road at Jacksonville, where they are the worst team in the NFL getting number one pick. And most of their fans are wearing clown costumes because they hate the general manager down there and want him fired. But you lose that game. And in this year, another quarterback, that being Matt Ryan, a total fiasco. Sam Ellinger is the starter. He was already gone by the time they brought in Nick Foles. Bless his heart to go out there and get crushed. Three, five, and one before he was fired. And you can look at the situation and wonder, okay, does he really have the magic fairy dust to work with quarterbacks? We saw what happened with Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, so it feels that way. Carson Wentz was working 
But then you see goes to Washington this year, so maybe it wasn't really a Reich problem. It's a, a Wentz problem. Got what he could out of Phillip Rivers, who always is a good quarterback, borderline Hall of Famer. Not going to argue that. We'll see what happens there. Had he had Andrew Luck, he's not interviewing here in Carolina, in my opinion. That's a perennial playoff team. But because Andrew Luck decided to stop getting beat up and to go live his life and be happy, Frank Reich is no longer in Indianapolis, and that could be the Carolina Panthers game. So there's certainly questions about him. He's also 61 years old. And, hey, I'm not going to be an ageist. There's nothing wrong with that. He's got a lot of experience. He clearly knows how to coach a football team. We've seen it in the past. He's gone to playoff games. He's always won and two in the playoffs. We've seen it happen before. And he's also more of a peer to David Tepper than what Matt Rule was. I know David Tepper looked at Matt Rule as like his little son being like, oh, yeah, he dressed like crap like me. He used to be a shorter cook, yada, yada, yada. Okay, well, Frank Reich is a, an adult, man. This dude has been in the league. This guy has respect. And I think he would work out here in Carolina. He was not my top choice, and I'm not against Frank Reich. I'm going to have my hesitation about anybody. And really, to be honest with y'all, it does not really matter who they hire unless they get a quarterback. Because look at Frank Reich in Indianapolis. It all fell apart when they weren't able to have Andrew Luck as their franchise quarterback, and they're still chasing the ghost of Luck. He's not dead, but he is to Jim Mercy. They're still chasing that ghost right now in Indianapolis, as it looks like they're going to hire Jeff Saturday to be the coach, as if that's going to solve anything if they don't have a quarterback. So same case here in Carolina. Get a quarterback, and then let's ride. And also, the whole Frank Reich thing is, when you look at it, in the coaching market, this might apply more to college in the NFL. But let's be honest with you all. Let's be, let's be honest. In three to five years, most likely we're right back here in the same situation, talking about coaching candidates and who can help bring sustained success to Carolina. I'm just being, it's reality. I'm not saying that's going to happen. It's just the reality of how these things typically work. I don't know if that's going to be the case here with Frank Reich. I certainly don't feel like it would be if they find a quarterback because this is a roster with a quarterback, a good staff, obviously a great leader, head coach that can win games and be a playoff team, in my opinion, come the 2023 season. So we'll see how that works out. So it looks like right now, Frank Reich has emerged as the top candidate, which should be surprising if you listen to yesterday's show where I talked to Benjamin Albright of 850 KY Radio, who's a great follow on Twitter at Albright NFL, who gives you a lot of intel on what's going on in the league. He's plugged into the Broncos, Panthers, and the rest of the 30 teams in the league, in the National Football League. And he was telling me that looked like it was Shane Steichen's job to lose. And I put that on my thumbnail on YouTube yesterday. Like, hey, is this Shane Sykin's job to lose? Well, Ben got back to me on Twitter today and he said, oh, man, I feel bad because as soon as I got off the interview with you, I was told that Shane Sykin's interview did not go well. So it does not look like Shane Sykin is any longer the top candidate because the last time we saw the last betting odds I had seen, it looked like he was the top candidate. That may not be the case anymore. Now, he cannot interview here until Monday the 30th anyways. So we'll see if he gets a second interview. It looks like, according to a lot of people, Jeremy Fowler, Frank Reich, I think even uh, Josina Anderson's put it out there. It looks like Frank Reich has uh, become the top guy to be the head coach here in Carolina. And I'm not against that, but I um, would still love to see, you know, maybe a Steve Wilkes head coach, Frank Reich OC pairing, especially when it looks like Frank Reich's not getting the job anywhere else anyways. So why not let him be the head coach of the offense here and let Steve Wilkes be the head coach of the entire organization? So we'll see how that works out. All right, let's take a quick pause here. I'll come back, talk to Jeff Duncan, columnist of the New Orleans Times, Picayune, and NOLA.com. Has a lot of insight on what's going on with Sean Payton as currently 
He does not have a second interview on the docket here in Carolina or in Houston or in Denver. Well, he's had one interview coming up here on Thursday with Arizona. So what's going on there? We'll find out next year with Jeff Duncan of NOLA.com. Y'all, again, I am so fired up about this new betting partner that we have here on Locked On. The NFL playoffs are here. Championship Sunday is here. Pat McHolmes is saying that, yeah, I'm good to go. My ankle, it might not really be there, but I'm ready to go on Sunday afternoon as they welcome the Cincinnati Bengals. And then, oh, my God, it's going to be a war, an absolutely war at the link up in Philly between the 49ers and Eagles. And I cannot wait. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that makes betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So, football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets. Win or lose at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more a FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, back here on Locked on Panthers. And as promised, Jeff Duncan. He's a columnist for the Times-Picayune down in New Orleans and NOLA.com. Jeff, how you doing, man? Doing good, Julia, man. Thanks for having me on. I, re- I really appreciate it. I love, let me just say this real quick. I love Charlotte. It's like one of my favorite cities to travel to every year with the uh, Saints. So happy to uh, be on, on your program. Well, absolutely. And I will say this. I have not been in New Orleans, and it's been on my list of cities to go to for a long time. And I quite honestly don't know how I've not done that. So I need to make that happen here in 2023. People always do resolutions. Well, my resolution is to finally get down to New Orleans this year. But happy to hear that you love our beautiful city in Charlotte. And I'm happy to have you on the show. So let's get into this. Because, of course, coaching search season's going on. The Saints don't have to find another head coach. Uh, their former head coach, though, Sean Payton, has been in the news. And you've been doing a really good job reporting about what's going on with him as he's interviewed here in Carolina. He's set the interview on Thursday in Arizona. He's interviewed in Denver. He's interviewed in Houston. And I guess he's not interested in talking to Jim or saying the Colts, which I don't really blame him. What is the latest with Sean Payton and the supposed sweepstakes to gain his services? Well, I think you've kind of updated the itinerary. Uh, he's going to go to uh, – he was in New Orleans, actually, Julian. It's kind of interesting the last two days for a business – a commitment. He was uh, speaking at Zebra Technologies, which your listeners and viewers are probably familiar with. They're the technology behind the next-gen stats, all those chips that are in the, the, the pads and in the football at NFL games. Uh, that's 
Zebra Technology, and he's a spokesman for them. So he was here and left a little while ago, actually, to fly to Phoenix and is going to interview tomorrow uh, with the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are really a long shot in this entire thing. I felt like that all along for a number of reasons. But Michael Bidwell called Sean Payton personally, and he obviously is going to go in there with an open mind and and talk to them. But I, I do think they're just knowing their track record and their history, uh, which Sean Payton – uh, is more of, I think, more of a high-profile, big-ticket item, and I, they just never have done that, frankly, in Arizona. So, uh, but after that, uh, he's going to be back in LA, and I expect he's going to get a second interview with the Denver Broncos. I don't know that. That was kind of a weird curveball this week because he was scheduled to go to Denver from here, uh, stop there, and then go on to Phoenix, and for whatever reason, that got delayed. So we'll see what happens in Denver. Maybe they made a decision on a head coach and they're not going to go through the second round of interviews. But originally, they were scheduled to have finalist interviews with a second round this week or next week. Uh, So we'll see if they'll continue with that. Okay. Well, Carolina started their second round of interviews already this week. Tuesday, interim head coach Steve Wilkes talked to the Carolina Panthers. And on Wednesday, Frank Reich, the former Colts coach, and then Kellen Moore, the OC in Dallas, who interviewed on Tuesday for his first interview, was told, hey, just hang around for another day and let's keep talking to you. Right now, nothing scheduled with Carolina and Sean Payton. Do you expect there to be a second interview with Sean Payton and the Panthers? I would say no. If, if by now we haven't heard that, I would be surprised unless – None of their other interviews go well. Uh, I'll tell you this. I know he was very impressed uh, with David Tepper uh, during during the interview process. Uh, very excited about his vision, I think, and his competitive streak and also uh, his enthusiasm. I mean, David Tepper, if nothing else, got across to Sean Payton that he's committed to getting that thing right there in Carolina. So I think if you're a Panthers fan, whoever they end up landing on, uh, you know, just know that David Tepper is committed to making this thing work. He, I'm sure he regrets how it worked out with Matt Rule, but uh, this is a guy that's not used to, to not winning, right? And so I think this, uh, his heavy involvement in this hire, I think is a good sign. Would you guess that the the hangup here with Sean Payton not getting a second interview likely in Carolina, is it more on the Payton side of things or is it the Carolina side of things, considering not just the compensation for Sean Payton to be their head coach, probably what, $20 million a year range, right. but the draft picks that it would take to be able to get him from New Orleans? Yeah, I, look, Julie, I think any team, I've said this since the sweepstakes started, basically. Every team has to look at Sean Payton and say, okay, I'm going to have to give up Uh, draft compensation to the Saints in the form of likely a first-round draft pick this year or next year, maybe another high pick, and pay him roughly the market rate for a coach of his pedigree, which is around $20 million a year. Or I can identify, and we feel really good about our brain trust here, and we feel like we can identify an up-and-coming, the next Sean Payton, uh, D'Amico Ryans, Kellen Moore, someone like that, we can get them for half of that salary and don't have to give up any compensation. So I've always felt like Sean Payton was going to have to be a very unique circumstance to find the right fit. And and that's why I think at the beginning of this process, when he said there was about a 70% chance he'd be back at Fox and people scoffed at that, uh, I knew that this might not work out. He might not end up anywhere. And so I think on both sides of this, uh, one, if Sean Payton goes to, goes to Carolina, 
there's going to be a large segment of the Saints fan base that's going to hold that against him. And his legacy here will be somewhat tarnished. And then the other thing, I think the other factor in, that's going against Carolina with Sean Payton is Mickey Loomis, who obviously can demand a, a high price tag for his services. And I think in some ways might even overcharge for him because let's face it, Julian, if Sean Payton does go to Carolina and they start beating the Saints regularly and winning the NFC South, people here are never going to let Mickey Loomis live that down. So I think it's almost a lose-lose for Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis. I've always felt like that was a, a kind of a long shot in Carolina, but I do think Sean Payton was genuinely interested because talking to people around the league, and this might surprise you, uh, people around the league that I've talked to feel like Carolina, of all the teams Payton's considering, mm-hmm. is the best situation, has the best roster of any of the teams he's considering. So I think that certainly was significant. Well, you bring up the Mickey Loomis factor in this. Why even allow Sean Payton to interview in Carolina in the first place? Like, that's the one thing that's kind of confusing and surprising to me. Well, I think he's maybe wanting to see if what they would be willing to, how interested they are with him. And look, if they made him an offer, he couldn't refuse. You know, if they made some crazy, you know, three first round draft picks and three seconds, you never know. I mean, he can ask for the moon. Yeah. Sure. And Carolina can turn it down. And that's Mickey Loomis. I mean, he is a poker player, real, a real life, very good poker player. So I think he went into this just trying to see. The Saints are in a little bit of a bind here, Julian. They don't have a first round draft pick in this coming draft. So they, and they're coming off a seven and 10 season that was very disappointing. So they need draft capital. And so it certainly wouldn't hurt them to see what would come out of this. Yeah, and always felt kind of like a non-starter from the Carolina perspective, considering like you bring up there, the Saints don't have a first-round pick, and Panthers have the number nine pick. And the Saints, right. I don't know what their plans are long-term at quarterback, but they're going to need one, and that would be a great opportunity for them to be able to get one if they were able to trade the nine, number nine pick or trade Sean Payton to get the number nine pick. And I don't see how that would help Carolina as, yes, what might be the best of the situations of the current five openings. But whoever comes here needs that quarterback if they're going to have success long-term here. So I don't see how they could have Peyton and the ninth overall pick if they were going to make that trade with the Saints. Now, let me ask you this. You talk about Peyton's legacy, and it potentially would have been tarnished had he came here to Carolina. How does the organization feel as a whole that he's right back here a year after retiring and talking to teams about being a head coach? Like, why wouldn't he want to maybe potentially go back to New Orleans? Like, what's the feeling surround, down there with the Benson family and with Mickey Loomis and that whole organization? Yeah, I think I think it's a complicated situation because when he left, I think there's a lot of people that believe there was some ulterior motive. Or, you know, there's something behind door number two that we don't know about. And I, I, from everything I know and people around Sean and even talking to Peyton over the, over the last year, uh, he was just burnt out. I mean, he'd been here 16 years. And needed a break. I mean, the way he coaches, he's very much an obsessive compulsive personality. When he's in, he's all in. And there's no turning off that switch. It's no, there's no halfway. And he just ground himself, I think, into the ground personally, professionally, and he wanted a break. But when he left, he really didn't know how long that break would be needed. You know, what what he would need to recharge his batteries. Would it take two months? Would it take a year? Would it take two years? There's no way to know. So I think there's a, a segment of people in the fan base that feel a little betrayed that he left the team. But by and large, I mean, this is the greatest coach in the history of the franchise, led the team 
to the only Super Bowl, that by far the winningest period in franchise history. If he wanted to come back here, fans by and large would roll out the red carpet. I think the problem is they signed Dennis Allen to a four-year deal yeah. and a pretty lucrative deal. So they're not going to walk away from that knowing Mickey Loomis and Gail Benson, how they work, their track record of support, loyalty, valuing stability and continuity, even after a seven and 10 season, it would have taken Julian like a, you know, a bottom out two and 15, three and 14 type of thing. I think for them to move away from Dennis Allen after one year. So the timing is wrong, but I will say this, and I mean this, if Sean Payton goes back to Fox and does not coach anywhere next year and something, it doesn't work out or things go sideways next year and the saints are looking for a coach. I would not, rule out him coming back here next year. Okay. Good information there. So looking at it, you felt like at the beginning of the process, I mean, Sean Payton said with 70% chance he would likely go back to Fox. Sean said that it looks like Carolina is the best of the options out there and probably not much interest there from him on the, from the Houston perspective. He's going to talk to Arizona on Thursday, Denver, they might be moving off their search. So safe to say at this point, I, it's never safe to say, but the odds are right now in the favor of him returning to Fox and not coaching this year. Yeah, I would say unless Michael Bidwell and the Arizona group knocks his socks off, I think he goes back to Fox or if Denver makes a move. I think that's that's one possibility there. I mean, Denver came out, uh, you know, Greg Penner, who's running their search, came out and said, we're, you know, we're looking for a CEO-type leader, uh, you know, someone with a vision, a big picture. That's Sean Payton. I mean, that's a perfect fit for Sean Payton. That's the thing you get with him. When he comes in, he's not just an X's and O's brilliant offensive mind. Uh, he's so much more than that. That's why he's so successful. I mean, he's a Bill Parcells type leader. Uh, he's the kind of guy that, uh, you know, can lead an organization through adversity, which he did here a number of times. Uh, he can reach players, problem players like uh, Jeremy Shockey and complicated guys like Michael Thomas. He's almost a psychologist with them, much the way Bill Parcells is. I mean, this is a guy you get a lot when you get Sean Payton. And I think there's a real value to that. And so I don't think for every organization that might not be what you want. But what I've heard Denver say and who they've interviewed so far, uh, I think Sean Payton would be the best fit. Now, whether they want to give up what they have to give up, I think is a whole other question. Okay. Well, Sean Payton looks like he's not coming to Carolina. Let me ask his final question here. Uh, the Panthers are also been interviewing defensive coordinator candidates and Chris Richard, who's down there in New Orleans is one of them. What can you tell me about him and what kind of perspective he could bring defensive wise if he ends up joining whoever's staff here in Carolina? Well, he, Chris is an excellent coach. Uh, I think he's going to be a great defense coordinator. If he comes back here, wherever he goes, Carolina, the thing I really like about him, he gets his players, uh, to play very fast. He, he, you know, he's a guy that doesn't complicate things and he's worked in different systems. Of course, came out of that Seattle system under Pete Carroll came in here under Dennis Allen seamlessly took over that defense along with Ryan Nielsen. Uh, and he's a very smart guy, a guy that players really like playing for. Uh, he's going to be an excellent coach wherever he goes. Uh, it'd be a big loss for the saints if they lost him and Ryan Nielsen, which is a possibility both co-defense coordinators. I don't think it was an ideal situation uh, for Dennis Allen, but I think he valued both those guys and one of them in the building. Uh, but I could also see why they would want to go and perhaps carve out their own niche somewhere else and be able to call plays. So 
We'll see how that develops. It would be a big loss for the Saints if they did lose Chris Richard. He's Jeff Duncan, the columnist of the Times. Took you down in New Orleans and NOLA.com. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff Duncan underscore. So I guess a very popular name, imagine, Jeff. So getting the underscore at least, that works. You have your whole name, then the underscore. Does a fantastic job covering the Saints and all of New Orleans sports. And honestly, y'all, if you're a Panthers fan, you should be tra- following all the beat reporters and all the columnists of the other cities and the other teams in the NFC South. He does a great job and following him for a long time. Happy to have him on the show today. And Jeff, you also, you're telling me you're working on a book. I'm not sure if you can give any information out, but are you able to tell us what you're kind of working on without giving yeah, it yeah. You, you might, your, your uh, fans and you know, viewers and readers might be familiar, maybe because he actually had an incident with the Panthers, one of one of his most embarrassing incidents. Former Saints player Steve Gleason, of course, now has been was diagnosed with ALS in 2011. He's now in year 12 of living with this uh, terrible disease. We're writing a memoir together. I'm writing in collaboration with Steve. But Steve, maybe his most regrettable incident as an NFL player, he he punched a Panthers player. I can't remember right now, Julian, who it was. Let's just say in the, you know, in the family jewels after a play on special teams and got kicked out of the game. Not only did he get a 15-yard penalty, he got just in a moment and a flash, and very much not unlike Steve. But the other, if you remember this in the in the season-ending game, Carolina winning the season finale this year, there was an incident where Marcus Davenport got kicked out. And Steve tweeted, said, if you're going to get kicked out, you, you got to go for somewhere a lot more, uh, you know, a lot, a lot more targeted than just the helmet. You need to hit him somewhere where it's going to hurt. And it was a really funny tweet uh, during the Panthers-Saints game there. So that, that memoir should be coming out later this year or early 2024. Awesome. It looks like it was uh, Kemp Rasmussen was the guy that he yes. uh, hit in the family jewels, as you, uh, as you say. So, yeah, back in 04. So I, I don't remember that, but and I also do not remember Kemp Rasmussen, who had to be a special teams player back when he right. was here in Carolina. But um, that's awesome that, that you're doing that with Steve. And again, I appreciate your work. I appreciate your time coming here on the show. Again, y'all follow me on Twitter at Jeff Duncan underscore and go check out his work at NOLA.com at Times Picayune. You, you got to subscribe, but hell, it's local journalism. Help him out. They do a great job. He's a great guy. So go do that. We'll take a quick pause here on Locked On Panthers. Come back up and I'll wrap up the show. This episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks and now at Prize Picks. I've been telling y'all about this for months now, but now. You can pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. It used to be 10 times. Now it's 25 times. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. This includes the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, the NHL, PGA Tour, men's and women's college basketball, soccer, NASCAR, tennis, cricket, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy, safe, and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and north of the border to us in Canada. Download the PriceFix app or go to pricefix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. A promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PriceFix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PriceFix will give you $50. And if you deposit $17, well, they're only going to give you $17. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. When you download the PriceFix app or go to pricefix.com today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? 
Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, we got a lot of twists and turns with this coaching search. We talked to Benjamin Albright yesterday. He gets off the phone with me, or I guess off the chat or whatever the hell you want to call this gets off the interview with me and it immediately hears that oh wait Shane Steichen is not the favorite in Carolina it's not his job to lose that he apparently didn't have a great interview it didn't go well so uh doesn't look like this is going to be the case and then hearing earlier today that Frank Reich it looks like he's emerged as one of the top candidates as he had his second interview on Wednesday and then Kellen Moore impressed so much that he stayed overnight in Charlotte and got a second interview after his first interview was on Tuesday. And, oh, yeah, of course, Steve Wilkes, who Jonathan Jones is telling us on Sunday, it could very well still be him. And all of those players, Kurt Coleman, I think the latest to come out and say, what are we doing? Stop messing around. Hire Steve Wilkes to be the head coach. Well, we have him as a second interview as well. So that looks like the three finalists at this point in time. Kellen Moore, Dallas Cowboys OC, uh, Steve Wilkes, Panthers interim head coach, and uh, Frank Reich. And we'll see. Does Mike Kafka get a second interview? Does Ken Dorsey get a second interview? At least an in-person one. So that would be, let's get Jim Caldwell as Joe Evero. Uh, do we hear back from Shane Steichen who can't interview until the 30th anyways? I, I don't know. But of those guys that we mentioned, one of those could be the head coach. And I did not mention Sean Payton, as we just heard right there from Jeff Duncan, that does not look like Sean Payton's going to get a second interview in Carolina. And if he was going to get one, it would have already happened by now. Of course, this is a fluid situation. We'll see if it happens, but it looks like it's either Arizona, probably not. Maybe Denver doesn't really look like that based off of I've also seen Ben reporting what we said, what he told me yesterday. Of course, things can change. Looks like he might be headed back to the Fox booth in the nightmare scenario. He might be headed back to New Orleans after the 2023 season if Dennis Allen does not turn things around. I don't like to hear that at all. So we'll see how it works out. But it looks like uh, right now, Frank Reich in the catbird seat right there alongside him would be Steve Wilkes and then Callum Moore, as those are the three who have had their second interviews on Tuesday and Wednesday here in Charlotte. And we'll wait and see what David Tepper wants to do as he, again, promised us sustained success. And I don't hate the idea of Frank Reich and a young quarterback. I also don't hate the idea. I actually love the idea of Steve Wilkes here. And then Frank Reich as his right man, right hand man. And Frank Reich could be gone after a season to go get another head coaching job. And then we would be in a perpetual cycle of trying to replace your coaches. But that's a good thing that your team has success and people want to take your coaching staff and that you have to cultivate guys. Now it gets to a point like we saw with Ron Rivera, where defensively it was great, where they had guys like Sean McDermott, who went on to have a great career so far in Buffalo. Then you bring in Steve Wilkes, who was great there, got a raw deal in Arizona. But then when you get to other coaches like, uh, God, Eric something, can't remember his last name, it doesn't really work. So if you get really far down a totem pole and it happens year after year after year, it can be tough. Guys like Kyle Shanahan, he's been able to withstand it. Losing Eric Sala, probably going to lose to Miko Ryans. But he loses offensive coordinators, not that big of a deal because he calls the plays. So we see how it's been positive in certain situations. And even earlier on in Rivera's tenure here, he lost Chudzinski to the Cleveland Browns. and. 
brought in Shula and things worked out. They had the best offense ever um, that 2015 season when we went 15 and one with Mike Shula calling the plays. And yes, he was much maligned here in Carolina, but it worked out. So it's possible that you can recycle coaches, not really recycle, but you can go through your coaching tree and the guys who are on, on your staff and elevate them and you can have the same success, but it always does not work out that way. So it does not always work out that way rather. So we'll see how it works out here as Carolina Panthers coaching search continues here in week three of the search in earnest, but that's going to wrap up this edition of the lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the lockdown podcast network hosted by yours truly Julian council. Again, y'all be sure to watch the show, subscribe to the show over in our lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. Check me out wherever you listen to this podcast right now. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show so you never miss a single edition. And follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, which a lot of you guys actually did on Wednesday. I guess you really enjoyed the Benjamin Albright interview, so thank you for uh, following me there on Twitter. I beg you to do it every day, but yeah, most of you neglect to do so. Or maybe all of you already follow me. I don't know. Either way, you want to do that because I need you to at me and also DM me so you can participate tomorrow on the f- weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. So go ahead and do that right now. But first, click the follow button there on Twitter at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all on Friday. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.